Hey. Hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's it's really cool to actually speak to you and hear your voice. Oh, once. no, it's great. <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, it's funny um, that we're um, also, firstly, thank you for inviting me because, hey, happy to be here on the on the podcast. And secondly, it's funny, we talk about all the Steve Rogers stuff, but you have a very Steve Rogers voice, I just gotta say. Really? <laughs> well, thank you. Um, okay, so, yeah, in, in case you're, you're, you're joining us here, welcome to the Fandom Optimists, uh, the show where we talk about the latest and greatest of our favorite fandoms with an optimistic view. I'm Jordan Newman, and I love content, and I am joined by my good friend Thomas this week. Uh, Thomas, how, how have you been? We haven't talked much. I, I've been hanging in there okay. It's been, it's been a crazy time, of course, just generally speaking. You know, you know I don't think any of us have talk, need, to, need to address the state of the world right now, because I think <laughs> no. the state of the world addresses itself. That's what um, we have escapism for. <laughs> exactly it's why uh it's why hopeful stories exist at the end of the day help get us through and help us keep going and find find joy in the midst of a of a lot of pain and it's why we it's why we uh why we gravitate towards as much as we do so absolutely i think that's a great uh thought to start a captain america episode on so oh, so for this episode i feel like i just really felt like talking about the whole concept of Captain America, all the movies, the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, the legacy of the shield. I don't even know where to begin on all of this. Um, I, I guess, you know, tell, tell the audience uh, what, you know, when did you get super into Cap? Cause I know that of all the people I know, we are the two most obsessed with Captain America. Oh, 100%. No doubt about that. I've, <laughs> I've never met another human being who has loved Captain America more um which is fantastic and i think we i think there are a lot of interesting thoughts and we we both kind of have our own stories with this um and um <clears throat> it's interesting thinking about the the concept of captain america and we'll kind of get into you know my own feelings on that because i do um i think um not to get into the weeds here too much yet but i think there is this idea kind of moving into it uh, this idea of uh, in the modern day where this idea of like, uh, well, both well in two ca- accounts, one of them being um, how relevant is a character like Captain America in the modern day, which I think Winter Soldier deals with that, you know, from a, you know, sort of a meta standpoint, but also just from the character standpoint, because that's the whole point of that story is how relevant is a is an optimistic symbol like Captain America. But the other is with the notion of of America in general. Uh, I've had discussions with people who take, you know, because of course we both know the state of the country and the world right now. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of this sense of, okay, is, should we have a symbol that is representative of America? <clears throat> pardon me. That is as idealistic as it is. At, you know, the institutions of America have a lot of corruption, a lot of greed, a lot of power that is centralized and is very oppressive to a lot of groups. And should those things be equal? But I will say um, to that, and not to get, not, as I said, go, not to go too much into the weeds here, but the creators of Captain America, both of them are Jewish, and both mm-hmm. of them, both of them uh, had families who were, uh, at, at, I think, both families. I know Joe Simon for sure. I'm very familiar with uh, with Joe Simon and his work, and he was born in a poor Jewish neighborhood. 
and was um, and, you know, he had families who were immigrants and who were Jewish immigrants. And he saw it along with, I believe, Steve Ditko as a response to what was happening, obviously, at the time during World War Two. And so for people to say that, oh, you know, this symbol of America is representative of America and everything it is, and so it shouldn't exist. These are made by two Jewish people who the whole point was to counter not just the anti-Semitism that was going on in Germany at the time, but importantly, the anti-Semitism that was in the United States at the time, which is something that people do not talk about that was happening during the late 30s, early 40s. You know, Captain, sorry for rambling, but Captain no, America, yeah, um, Captain America was created um, what in March of 1941 is when his issue came out and we did not join the war till December. And the whole reason we joined the war was because the is because of Pearl Harbor make, you know, bringing us into the war with the way they treated us. But it wasn't necessarily, at least in the beginning of when we joined, a complete response to the Nazi regime. It was only until later as the war started mobilizing, we got a better sense of what was happening in Germany, that it became, we need to fight for our values, you know, because of the nature of the way that not that the Nazi regime treated uh, uh, Jews, uh, given the Holocaust and everything of that nature. Yeah, that's definitely something that not enough people know and not enough mm -hmm. people talk about that Cap was a the invention of Captain America was a political statement trying to Absolutely. urge America to join the war. And yeah, and it was and 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 this will become relevant later. I think he's a representation not necessarily of what America is, you know, in the present day or even in the 1940s, but a a symbol of what the best of what we can be is and what the best of America is when we do put our heads together and we do cooperate and work with each other and have egalitarian and idealistic and morally principled values that affect everyone. And so I think people miss that when they think about the concept of Captain America and how relevant it is. But um, um, I want to pause because I want to hear what you have to say, because I do have my personal story, but I don't just want to segue into that and, and and not let my point sink in a little bit. Yeah, well, no, this is all this is all perfect. Um, yeah, uh, you almost you almost brought a tear to my eye with, the, uh, with, the, with the end of that uh, little speech. But yeah, he is he is a representative representation of the best of what America ever was and what it should be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, you mentioned earlier, there are a lot of people who take objection to the character as being, I think a lot of people tend to look at the costume and the name and assume this is ultra-nationalist hyper-patriotism. And yeah. it isn't. And, and, and I will have to admit, I think there are people who... Um, unfortunately can misrepresent Captain America in that way where they do in and of themselves see it as a hypernational thing for their own identity because they are proud of America as an institution as it is now sort of not understanding or I think in I think more importantly not acknowledging how corrupt and difficult the the institution of the U.S. can be and the ways in which people who if they either either they don't have the right values for the right reasons or they 
um, compromise too many of their values in the name of doing something, that that sort of puts them in the position that then corrupts the very institutions we create, which, yes, is more political than just Captain America, but it's relevant to the entirety of his arc. It's relevant to the story that gets presented um, of Captain America, both in the comics and in, and in the MCU. And so it is a it is a really relevant point to talk about. And I think it's why as much as people some people think he's very, you know, he was irrelevant or uh, to use an analogy about Superman uh, from D.C., uh, how he's a Boy Scout or he's too goody two shoes. I think it's why his viewpoint has resonated with so many. Um, uh, there's a quote from Chris Evans in the behinds of doing uh, the first Avenger, and there's a phrase he used where he's just good for the sake of good, and I think that's something oh, that... Oh, yeah, I remember that interview. That was yeah, great. And it hits a lot of people, and I think it's that that spirit that um, I think is super important, and I think especially today, and I think the Winter Soldier is a lot about this, I think is a viewpoint that is more relevant now than I think it ever has been, given the way the way we see our culture and the way um, the way we sort of conceptualize the world, the way we're exposed to and understand the world, how overwhelming, how dark, how how brutal, and how, uh, especially in the light of the past year and a half, how laid bare all of the inequities and difficulties um, in this country are. Yeah, and you know, bringing up the good for the sake of good, and I love that Chris Evans followed that up with, he's everything I want to be as, as a man. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. But also that, you know, most superheroes are good for the sake of good by by nature. But there is something especially pure about Captain America's, you know, on on par with people like Spider-Man and and such of Captain America as a force of good for the sake of good, but also kindness and decency and caring for the sake of good, which is, you know, I'm not trying to disarm man or anything but oh no it's kind of a dick (laughs) and it's you know little things like that make me sway more toward captain america yeah there's definitely that ego with other characters or the sort of atoning for sins like with spider-man um um and and i i I hesitate to use the word in this case but you're getting what i'm meaning by the responsibility he feels he's atoning for sins exactly yeah yeah, exactly. And so <clears throat> so there is that. But with Cap, it very much is about um, him having heart, his heart in the right place, I think, you know, from the beginning and just kind of being in a world that constantly pushes him to um, to uh, try to change or compromise his values for the sake of something and him having to stick his heels in the mud and say, no, I'm going to continue to do what's the right thing because it's not about the end goal. It's about upholding the ideal and about being the best can be and having people lead by that example and making social internal change rather than pushing into a world that isn't ready for it or trying to hurt other people for the sake of, excuse me, getting to that point. I think, I think he hearkens to that really well in the first Avenger with the speech from Erskine where he, he says, you know, you obviously know you know what I'm talking about, of course. Uh, where he, he's asking, um, you know, you've applied, you've five different uh, five uh, times in five different cities, uh, but I want to know, uh, do you want to kill Nazis? And for Steve, he says, I don't want to kill anyone. Um, I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. And <clears throat> excuse me, by the way, um, <clears throat> I, I don't know why I 
like <laughs> I, I'm like I'm drinking water and I'm like I don't know why I'm like <clears throat> as much as I am but um please forgive me yeah. <laughs> oh you're good you're good but anyway um with all that being said I think that does uh it's a very it's a very good statement about where he's coming from and I, I i think it's interesting how for him he doesn't see fighting as a he doesn't see it as a necessary he i don't want to say he says it as a necessary evil but i think for him fighting is not something that is about okay i'm going to go over to the nazis and i'm going to you know i'm going to sock you know it's funny how the propaganda is like i'm going to sock them in the jaw and stuff like that a little bit and trying to get people riled up but at right. the end of the day i think in his, his heart it isn't about fighting in the sense of i want to hurt i want to you know have revenge on the nazis or even revenge on the people that have bullied him it's all about protection it's all about going and saying there are people who need help i want to protect the innocent and i'm only fighting as a cause to to protect that it's never about taking life for the sake of itself it's all about protecting life and only taking life if that life is harming another and and it seems like and i think to some people it might seem like too simple of an ideal but i think it's a very robust ideal and one that i think he is very good at the, for the most part in the movies uh and in, in the comics to sticking to though not without his his pitfalls and his moments because i think you know, we're all human. And I, I think he would be not as relatable as he would be if he didn't have those moments of doubt, those, those, those scenes and those ideas of like, am I doing the right thing? What does this mean for me to do the right thing? And having the kind of ideological battle he has with Tony, who is, of course, as you mentioned, he's kind of a bit of a dick, but he's also very brilliant. He's thoughtful about things, but he also gets ruled by his emotions and he does things that are very extreme. And, um, um, I was watching a I was watching a video recently, kind of talking a little bit about um, Age of Ultron, actually. And to to quote this, and I don't want to plagiarize. Um, if anybody's sure. familiar with um, uh, a podcast uh, from a channel called Geek Evolution on YouTube, wonderful podcast. And and to quote and to quote the the guy from there, uh, he uh, this is about Tony. Um, he 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 uh, he uh, learns lessons in the extreme. So he takes a lesson. And he learns it and then becomes the biggest embodiment in the extreme of that. Instead Ooh, that's of taking a great the, way to put that. In, instead of taking the little pieces and finding the middle ground between, which is, I think, something that Steve is uh, better at doing, even though Steve, of course, has his moments of, you know, the war is kind of not ending for him. And he he's continued and continued. And um, so there's there's a lot of that complexity there. And I think the moments where he has that doubt and you're reminded that he, you know, he has this power, but he still has the same heart that he's always had, I think is what can make him so relatable to people. Yeah. And you brought up the simplicity of his view. And, and I, mm -hmm. I really like acknowledging that because what's interesting about it is that partly the, the simplicity of it is part of the reason that I try to live by it, but is mm -hmm. also... And this is a fun little controversial internet statement. It's also oh, the reason that he's not completely correct in Civil War. And this has been uh -huh. a, a constant debate of who's right, Team Cap or Team Tony. Yeah, and the way exactly. I see it, Team Tony is <laughs> ideologically wrong. Like, it's just, it's a mess. He's entirely driven by his PTSD and, and, you know, like you said, emotion and lessons that he's learning to an extreme. Uh, and Cap is doing the right thing, but the simplicity of his view and the the relentless dedication to doing what's right in the situation 
kind of prevents him from making the right choice, which is ultimately yeah. what Black Widow says. I think Black Widow's the the only truly level-headed character in Captain America: Civil War. In that, <laughs> yeah. in that, look, I don't agree with what with the Accords or the concept of any of this, but we got to have one hand on the wheel. We got to still have some involvement in this, or they're going to split us up. And yeah, I, and I find mm-hmm. that interesting that Cap can't see that because of how simple and pure his views are. I think part of it's also it goes back to his virtue ethics view, where a lot of it is if I don't do the right thing, I'm compromised own internal values and he is seen from winter soldier and now we're just getting into the weeds here um yeah how in winter soldier how there we can see how people compromise their values in the name of justice in the name of protection and at the end of the day they're not really abiding by their own values because they're not embodying it themselves because they're so afraid of the outcome of something that they're worried about you know to uh, use the winter soldier analogy forcing people into a world with a gun on their with a gun to their head. And I think that is still something that is affecting him. And so he is his heels into the dirt more so to say, you know, I need to do the right thing. I, you know, and because he, while he is someone who trusts his team and trusts people uh, in general, that he gives people the benefit of the doubt. I think when it comes to institutions and it comes to the ability for for the systems to, um, to adapt to that, I think he he's become a little bit cynical in that. And I and I will say I have I have taken that on myself to some degree as someone who loves Captain America. And uh, there is there is a very good point to that. But of course, you're right that does get him into trouble. Where because he isn't able to work with as many systems, or because he's worried about going things alone, he's having to run into this head of okay, is this going to prevent him? from doing uh from doing the right thing but then that of course swerves completely by the end of civil war when we get to the more personal and emotional parts which i think is uh and um you talk about the movie itself is a really good way of driving attention there and a good way of showing how both men uh both cap and iron man both are ideologically motivated and have points for their ideology but also have a you know, a reason for what they do that is very personal. And I think that personal piece can, I don't want to say corrupt uh, each of them, but it can make it more difficult for them to accomplish what they want to accomplish. And I, and it, Cap gives up the mantle and he's saying like, I, I compromise my values. I screwed up a little bit. I was more focused on Bucky as much as I love him. And as much as he's important to me uh, and didn't realize that I may have ended up hurting someone and, and not done the right thing and compromise those values, which is why he kind of gives up that mantle momentarily. Um, and he's still going to help people and make a difference at the end of the day. But about I didn't follow the values. I didn't do the right thing. I didn't help people in the way I needed to. And I need to admit to that and, and, and take up on that, which are then course circles back in the end game where he starts to move back into reminding himself, okay, why was I doing what I did in the first place? And, um, you know, how is this important to me? What can I do to move my life forward and, and to do something, which is where he really moves back into that mantle. And I think starts to really remember those values more again. I think he's always had them, but I think they either get buried under, you know, the weight of the world a little bit. And then sometimes, you know, he has to kind of pull himself by his bootstraps and part of himself back out again which i think he does very well uh especially in endgame uh but also somewhat in infinity war but especially endgame yeah and i you know thinking back on endgame i'm not sure when the first time you hear 
the Avengers theme is other than the title. But I've got the sense that it's when Cap is giving the big speech of, you know, we've all lost a lot and, you know, we've only got one shot at this, three teams, three locations, uh, six stones, you know, when he's giving that speech. Yeah, when he's giving the, yeah, when and it's very Whatever it takes. It's, 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 yeah. And it hits, it's moving. It's him moving back into that moment of I'm the team leader. I'm, you know, I'm coordinating. Um, it's a very Avengers one moment of where, and, yeah. um, and it's funny. It's so funny. I, I will have to admit, I, I, um, I watched a, a couple of things right before the podcast, just to refresh my memory, just a teeny <laughs> bit. But even then I, I, things coming up into my mind again now that i'm remembering and i'm like okay i'm connecting these ideas like i just watched these movies yesterday it's crazy these Um, movies are i think especially to the two of us immensely impactful and just kind of stay in our minds all the time yeah and so and and it's like and then comes up uh we just it comes back to our minds and and the the analogy i was going to make is in the first avengers movie where he's kind of doing the team leader strategy planning with the rest of the avengers saying okay he's very much the uh the military strategician and he's very kind of similar in that but there is this kind of um (laughs) older um i think there's this tinge in endgame especially to this almost uh more um fatherly type actually the way he's speaking to them being like look out for each other uh make you know be careful make sure everybody's okay and we're gonna work through this and there's very much that 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 inspirational kind of uh kind of idea to it where it really is like he is moving back into um also to quote a thing from chris evans that he said moving back into the hopeful leader role and um and that i think is really um what's one of the reasons why stuck with me so much um and why as much as i haven't gone back to it as much in the past uh in the middle of the pandemic it's something that i think i need to go back to a little bit more to get that reminder of because uh, i personally have been feeling that kind of like having to remind myself more and more about those values and trying to um you know dig you know dig my heels into the dirt a little bit and make sure that i'm continuing to be um, to exemplify the values that I have, which I think is something a lot of people are feeling right now in the midst of uh, their worlds being turned absolutely asunder with, absolutely. Um, with the with the political and social situations, with the medical, financial situations, um, and how it feels like it's never ending. And so people have to look at themselves and say, what do we continue to do? Um, which once again, I think uh, a lot made jokes at the beginning of of uh covid about uh about endgame and about it's like oh yeah yeah, a lot of people were like oh this is like endgame and it kind of became a joke at first but then it became a little too real with the isolation and how people were feeling and i think it really is i rewatched endgame uh last weekend actually oh wow and man post thanos captain america is a perfect role model for pandemic (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, survivors at this point and it's, um, it's also um no continue i don't want to interrupt you if you had a thought no i was just i was spending for something to say you go ahead oh it's interesting because uh with endgame um there's there's the sense i think of this i don't want to say this weariness with cap because of course he's getting wearier and wearier a little bit which is fair because the world is really terrifying sometimes mm-hmm. it's really hard to get through but i i 
I, I love the moment specifically. I remember, I'll put it this way. I was so emotionally overwhelmed in the theater first time out that there were, there were connections and threads I wasn't getting until I watched it a second time. And luckily I, I'll, you know, funny story. Um, I remember, uh, the day that I got my tickets, um, for Endgame uh, for the first time around. And of course, once they, you know, I remember getting up, um, and remembering when the tickets were going to be there. And I, I, cause there were a lot of rumors being like, Hey, this is when the, when the tickets are going to come out, here's the announcement for it. So I got ready and I got up super early in the morning for the announcement and got ready for the tickets to come up. And I remember very specifically, I had laid out, uh, what seats I was going to get, what, um, what days I was going to do the showings. And I remember I had the Thursday night showing, and then I was going to see it the Saturday night that same weekend and then see it again the after because, of course, this is Endgame. Why wouldn't I do that? And and as I said, it could have been somehow Endgame could have been terrible and I could have been like, ah, I didn't really like this. I'm going to cancel the other tickets. But obviously, <laughs> I thought it was really great. And there are some people who have their issues with Endgame, with plot holes and all the time travel stuff and all the brouhaha. I personally love I still love it. I still for it and it's so even if it may not even if it isn't as tight of a narrative as winter soldier or civil war it's still personally something that impacted me so much that it doesn't matter uh to me but but the point i was making is i remember like doing this real like really getting through trying to get the tickets figuring everything out and and then after and i tickets just in time after they opened up i was very lucky and then the next hour and a half i was just watching how long the lines were on the website because fandango crashed the, the, the website just completely went out and so they had to do a whole system where it's like oh you're in your line waiting for the tickets and you have to wait this amount of time to get tickets and it's just absolutely insane um so it was pretty interesting when that uh, when that ended up happening. But the but the relevant part in this is I watched the movie. Um, I went on a little tangent there. Um, you will find quickly uh, that I am I am very much someone who uh, who does my tangents. It's very fun. <laughs> um, and it's perfect for podcasting. Oh no, it's great. And hopefully, uh, I'll I'll try to I'll try to keep myself on a I'll I'll try to keep a narrative into it. But I'm like, hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody everybody <laughs> listening and you will you know be able to keep up. But anyway, so what ends up happening is um, I watched it the first time. Obviously, very emotionally overwhelmed. I love it, but I'm like just take it aback by the whole experience and i see it a second time and i fall in love with it more because i start to connect threads that i that i'm now remembering because my memory is still super fresh at that point so i'm like really taking in i think it was kind of perfect to see it you know so soon after but have like that day or two i could just process the first viewing and then go back in for a second run and I mention all of this because there's a scene, that, and this is why I was going to mention with the world weariness with Cap, where he's talking with Natasha, and there's this scene, this beautiful scene where he's talking, and and, and she's like, you know, he's like, you know, um, you know, everyone tells us to move, you know, I keep telling people they should move on and grow, and and some do, but not us, and it feels like Nat's actually kind of being more the Cap voice, you know, I don't want to move on. If I move on, who does this? Um, you know, and her thinking about her family and, and her thinking about like, have I, you know, in losing this and not knowing what to do. And of course, this is before they know of what, you know, what will come in the whole Ant-Man time travel, uh, time heist. Uh, but, um, 
but I think that's interesting where I think there is this weariness to cap in the moment where he's like, you know, do we have to move on? I don't want to move on, but I feel like I have to. And there, uh, and Nat's kind of reminding him in the moment of like, he's kind of not a hypocrite per se, but there's this kind of sense of like, you know, remind yourself of who you are. Like, it's okay that you're not moving on. And, and, you know, maybe we can't because this has been so important to us. And, and um, I think that's a really important scene to show i think reminding of like you know cap of his own values which is also funny because as we talked about earlier you said black widow is kind of the most level-headed of the people in civil war and Mm -hmm. i think in a lot of ways it's because she's a chameleon she's someone who moves into a lot of different spaces and is someone who adapts to her environments and i think almost for her the um uh, the 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 snap and uh Losing a whole bunch of people became an emotional reckoning for her that almost resolved and gave her more of a sense of, okay, this is my identity and this is what I want to be because she's finally moving into that. While I think Cap is kind of shaken by the experience and needs to be reminded, this is the person I was. This is why I fought for what I did in the first place. And I have to continue to be that because that's who I am. And it's because it, it's what makes me happy and what the right. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> Oh my God. No, I, as I said, I, I, um, to quote cap himself, I can do this all day. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I also love, uh, you know, and we'll talk a bit more about Sam later on, but, uh, it, it's really cool to me that Sam Wilson were pretty much first in, I mean, we're first introduced to him at the reflecting mm-hmm. pool, but then when we see him later, he's, uh, kind of a grief counselor at the VA of and, course. These are people who have suffered PTSD, and it's kind of cool to me that in his absence and everyone else's absence, that Steve went to go be a grief counselor yeah. for people with PTSD. I exactly. found that little parallel pretty cool, and and kind of speaks to why Sam was always going to be the right choice for the Shield. Oh, of course, Absolutely. come the end. Um, absolutely. Um, I actually, I want to answer a question that you asked before, not to, not to move into too much of a tangent, but you asked me what my own personal kind of connection to cap was and how right. I got into him. And I, and I felt bad for completely sidestepping that. Cause we got to the, cause I wanted to acknowledge kind of the history a little bit and kind of get to the whole, get out of the whole, not get out of the way, but really make sure we root in. There's a relevancy to this character. Oh and yeah. You're good. Just- this can happen in whatever order we need it to. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, absolutely. I'm not I'm not worried too much. I was just like acknowledging saying, okay, this is kind of how I'm tackling the points, but um um cuz I'm kind of just doing this uh, on the fly, um though I don't have wings, so I can't be a falcon. <laughs> so, anyway, <clears throat> bad puns aside, I I got into Cap. Um it's always interesting. I've I've always been big into superheroes and I've loved superhero fiction and obviously very like ideological uh you know very morally centered characters. I've always loved that. Hmm. But I didn't really get into the MCU until uh 2015-2016 funny enough. So I I Oh, wow, that's interesting to me. I I yeah. I I knew that already, but I had forgotten it. And that's a cool <laughs> detail. Oh, no, it's it's interesting because I, I think I always um, when I got to connecting with Cap, I, there was a lot of really interesting personal and um, and moral parallels that I that I loved about that character. But um, but um, when I, um, I I had seen some of the Marvel movies 
um, in theaters a couple of times. I think I'd seen Iron Man when it came out. Um, but then I went uh, when I was like uh, when I was in sophomore year of high school to go see Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And I will admit in the moment I liked the movie, but the themes kind of didn't click with me initially. And it turned out I had uh, found it on a DVD um, back a few months later. Uh, when it came out, um, or no, was it a few, it was like a few months to like a year later, uh, I had found it on DVD and I was like, you know, I'm going to get it. And I decided to watch it again, kind of with a clear lens and I watched it and there were things that were clicking with me more. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. I'm feeling a lot of what this character is doing. And I felt like the connection, and this is especially in the in the movies but obviously this does you know apply to the comics to some degree as well this sense of a kid who you know is is scrawny bullied all the time but always wants to stick up for his values and then gets the power to to change that to um to to become to become you know to have the power to do something about it but because he always wanted that power for the right reasons it never changed him and there was this constant battle, as I mentioned earlier, of the world basically trying to tell him that he has to compromise his values and him saying, no, I'm going to do what I can to help people and make a difference because I know that if I corrupt my values, that I'm going to be no better than the people who are trying to cause this pain to people. Um, <clears throat> and 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 I just you know fell in love with that idea in Winter Soldier and the conflict there. And from there, I just went back into the kid, the catalog of the Captain America movies. And this is before Civil War came out. And I just, it just, I got enamored. I got completely lost in this character. I felt such a connection to him. Um, and not to go to my personal background, but I'm a person with a disability to some degree, um, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it. And so I connected values of him overcoming that adversity and importantly, wanting to help people who were weak, wanting to help people who couldn't protect themselves and wanting to help people in the world be better by his own example. And I, with my own struggles, connected with that very deeply. And and so over that time, I just got so you know wrapped up in his story and I got wrapped up from there into the rest of the MCU. And he was my introduction to it. And I just fell deeply in love with the world and the universe and and he was the linchpin of that for me where i always went back to to him and where he came from and so i went uh, i think december 2015 i knew civil war was coming out i was obviously excited now that i'd been introduced more to cap and so i decided to just go on a hunt for all the dvds and i just uh -huh. did within maybe two or three months i had them all on dvd up to that point and so i just watched all the movies and I watched and I watched and I took in the universe and I did a real deep dive before civil war. And of course I, I loved it and I thought it was great. And then I saw civil war uh, opening weekend in IMAX and getting to see that story unfold. Now that I'd been, you know, been had this real deep uh, connection with the MCU and really getting into civil war and that story uh, it was amazing. And just from there, I've just taken in his stories, taken in that world and have just thought about him and his values for, for years and years since then. And I, you know, anybody who knows me personally, 
I wouldn't be who I am today without this character. And I know a lot of people feel that way, but I think especially, you know, not to put myself on a pedestal, but like I, I try to be as much of an embodiment of his values as I can and, and, and still obviously be the individual that I am. But anybody who knows me knows how much I'm connected to that character and how, how, how I, I, whenever I talk to friends, I, reference things by the shield where i'll be like i hope i'm living up to the shield i hope i'm living up to to that to those values because that's my way of telling people that i want to live up to that ideal and i want to be you know as chris Evans said i want you know good for the sake of good and so there really is this sense of you know what can i strive for who can i be and 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 instead of having the fear of it being a measuring post that i'll never live up to i always have the sense of i'm going to do my best to live up to this and to be the best i can be and to embody these values and whatever work that I do um, in the future. And so it's just a matter of really, you know, thinking about that. And so I, I use him as a reference a lot of the time for my own personal values. I, I think obviously think about the entertainment and the films themselves and how emotionally I, I get invested in them and how important they are to me. And so that's kind of how I got into the character from there. Um, I want to ask you how you got into it, but obviously I don't want to pressure you if you don't want to give your own details. Oh, no, uh, of course. Um, yeah, and, and I, I, I love all of that. And I relate a <laughs> lot you. to the, I relate a lot to the, um, the idea of, you know, the, that we try to live up to, to who Cap is. And that mm-hmm. in, in my example, I always say, that the first Captain America movie came out at exactly the right time for me mm-hmm. to wind up obsessed with this character. Because mm-hmm. I, so what's funny is before 2011, 2012-ish, I was a Star Wars guy. I wasn't a big, <laughs> I wasn't a big comic books guy. But I saw, yeah, I was, I was always an action movie. Like I liked the Spider-Man movies when they were coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, the thing I was like a diehard fan for was Star Wars. But then Iron Man came out, I was like, yeah, it looks cool. So I went and saw it. It was a cool action movie. And then they did Hulk. And I saw that. And it was a cool action movie. And then Robert Downey Jr. walks in at the end of, of Hulk. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait. What are we doing here? We're they're they're in the same the same thing. And uh-huh. I was that was that was weird. And they and did now Iron it's Man too. Now. They like did now Iron Man just... too. Yeah, now we just assume. <laughs> we yeah, take it just, for granted yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. but for for Iron Man 2, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of like weaving in my Captain America obsession with my oh, no, MCU please. obsession. No, that, but... no I, I, I had my narrative. You, you deserve to have yours. For, for Iron Man 2, this was before we knew to stay for post credit scenes. So I saw Iron Man 2 and I liked it. And then that Christmas, I got Iron Man 2 on DVD and watched it again while I was building a Lego set. And, oh. and so I'm building my Lego set and it, it gets to the end of the movie. But, you know, I got nothing better to do because I'm building a Lego set. So I decided I'm just going to let the credits play. And the credits get to the end and they get Phil Coulson walking out to New Mexico and he sees Mjolnir sitting there on the ground. And I remember my my dad, you know, has never been at no point in his life has dad ever been as into comic books as I am now. But Uh he was a, a pretty big comic book fan, you know, 80s, 70s. But of course. Um, so I asked him, I, I said, Hey dad, is there, is there a Marvel superhero who uses like a big hammer? Is that a thing? And he goes, <laughs> Thor, it's Thor. And I was like, Oh, so they're, they're really expanding this. We're going somewhere. 
And I, I kept getting, so that's why I was like, okay, I'm not missing any of these. I have to go see uh-huh. the next one. And then in, so this would have been summer of 2011, which was uh, the summer before my freshman year of college. I had just joined the drumline. And when you are a freshman coming into the drumline, you mm-hmm. get hazed. But oh god, this was this got worse than hazing. This was outright bullying because I'm an odd person, and I'm a quiet person. And at the time, I was a kind of a small person, so <laughs> I, I grew a lot since then. But at the time, I was kind of a small person. I was very easy to pick on. I was easy to shove around, mm-hmm. and. I tended to take things a little too seriously and I kind of expected more from people than I was ever going to get in terms of just be nice to people. God, I can, I I gotta tell you, I'll just say (laughs) as someone who was in high school on a, on a cross country team, I totally relate with that. I, I was very similar in a lot of ways when I was in, uh, when I was in early high school for sure. So I completely get that. Yeah, and I I think that my uh, over insistence on mutual kindness and respect, and my taking things a little too seriously, I was particularly bad at taking jokes back then. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and that especially leads to spirited things ones, getting worse. Yeah, especially mean spirited ones, and like yes. uh, kind of like yeah, where it's like it's like kind of the culture around, and not to get too much into this discussion, but like the culture, especially in that kind of time, where like there is this kind of like. You know, we're joking and we're friends, but we're also a little mean spirited about it. And the, the bl- there's this very, you know, weird, you know, non-distinction between what's a friend and what's someone you're bullying and what's someone you care about versus someone you're kind of hazing. And so it just doesn't. Right. It, and it isn't. And, and what I'm saying in that is obviously it isn't ever fun. And so, of course, absolutely, that would uh, I'd put a damper on things for sure. Yeah, if I've got just the right bond with someone and there's exactly one person on Earth, I have the right bond with mm-hmm. i'm totally fine with us calling each other names and just calling each other stupid for stuff and be- because we know we're kidding exactly but, but and- that's because i knew them really well and lived with them for a while of course uh they were they were a roommate in college uh uh and and uh former co-host of the show i guess technically he didn't like deliberately leave the show he'll be back eventually i don't know ah. anyway uh there, there's exactly one person on earth I have that kind of dynamic with where I'm like, I'm totally cool with you calling me names and I will call you names back. But for anyone else, I get, I get, I get upset, but <laughs> it got further than that. It got to where there was, there was some physical bullying involved as well. Nothing horrible, but enough that it hurt. Yeah. And, uh, and then Captain America came out. And because I've now been getting into these Marvel movies, there was no question I was going to see it opening weekend. <laughs> and when I got to, and you referenced the line earlier, I don't want to kill anyone. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. That moment, and, and watching him get beaten up in the alley, and then followed by that moment, I was like, oh, this guy is me. I was like, yeah. this, is, this is the proof that I can make it through this. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can be fine after all of this. And so that's that's kind of my story of where I was like, oh, yeah, he's me. This is this is the thing I'm going with now. I'm going to try to be Captain America because that's the way out. That's the way oh, forward. And absolutely. And so then, yeah, it became a, an increasing obsession. I got 
the uh, the suit. I got the shield. You have a very nice shield. You have yes, you have I one do. of those metallic replicas. No, I do. It's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, there's a funny little uh, funny little story behind that um, where and see and so for a bit of context as well and to kind of add a little bit. Uh, both to say in a way of relating to what you're saying, but also to uh, I'm going to sort of kill two birds with one stone with a, with stories here. Of the way you put all that, I think um, that's such a such a beautiful connection. Just knowing that you get to get to see someone, you know, someone in front of you there and be like, wow, that 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 is you know that is who I am, and that's uh, what's happening to me. But there is you know there's hope to get through this, and and I can you know I can embody and and as we keep as we keep breath that good for the sake of good mentality um which is something i think uh as what you were talking about i think is always something that you uh that you've embodied um yeah and i, I don't um, want to cut you off i'm, I'm gonna let you do your, your oh, two words with one story uh yeah <laughs> in, a, in a moment but no if you I have more to please out, i also wanted to point out that um that there was something very specific about about seeing him bullied because it wasn't the same as when i saw spider-man get bullied when i see spider-man get bullied it's the jock picking on the nerd and that was never what it was for me. And it's just, it's also that the way Captain America got, got pushed around and bullied was exactly the same. Because oh, he's yeah. a guy who takes things too seriously and kind of expects better of people than they're willing to give. Oh my uh, goodness. Like, and yeah. it's, because, it's because he's like, come on, man, stop talking during, like, respect the thing. Someone, someone made this clip. They're talking about the army. Res, res, you know, have some respect. Stop shouting over the movie. And that's what he gets beaten up for. Not for being a nerd or anything, but for being too kind and too insistent on the kindness of other people. And that's in particular what set me off where I was like, this is, this is, I relate to this guy more than I've ever related to a fictional character before. I appreciate you giving that reminder because I didn't even make that connection in my mind until now. And that is absolutely part of why I connected to that character as well. Because, in in my in my childhood, I was the same way. And to give a little bit more, as I said, context to the story. Um, so I, the reason, especially with Captain America, that I connected is that for me, um, not to go too personally here, uh, and and you know this, but the audience maybe doesn't. Um, I'm autistic, and I have dealt with a lot of bullying due to that. And so while I don't like to use this term to, to describe autistic people or to describe the community, I'm using this to describe myself just for the sake of making a parallel to Captain America. So take that with a grain of salt. I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about the, I'm just making sure like if anybody's listening. Um, But anyway, um, while I was never physically weak necessarily, though I was never like super strong or super big, um, I was closer to being like mentally, I was very oblivious to, um, to uh, social cues, to understanding people. And it got easy for me to be taken advantage of a lot of the time when I was younger. And it wasn't until getting into probably late middle school, early high school, uh, around the time I got into, around the time I got into CAP that I started to open my eyes to people. And I was like, you know, this is people bullying me and this is how people felt. But I didn't really understand people enough at the time to um, know what to do or how to understand them or how to, I don't want to say even combat that, but how to cope with that. And so there was this real feeling of, of not only do I share the personality with Cap, like you said, but there's this sense of 
he is able to almost in a way he and himself has a quote unquote disability in a way in that he's, you know, he's scrawny and it's easy for him to get beat up. But instead of taking that and when he gets that power again, he doesn't use it like how Red Skull uses to stomp on people who are smaller than him. He uses it to protect. And that, and thinking about me as an autistic person who has now been able to integrate, hopefully, more into <laughs> the circles of having friends and having people and still being true to the person that I am, that really clicked with me. And so the more and more I got into my education, the more I understand and open that world and and become you know someone who rides that line between autistic and um a-listic which i don't know if you're familiar a-listic is a term for anyone who's non-autistic uh that the community uses um um, fun fact it comes from similar greek roots because allos means other autos means self and that's where the autistic and a-listic terms uh come from um but anyway um Fun little, fun little autistic, uh, fun little autistic uh, side tangent. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, but because of that connection, as someone who has, you know, who is autistic and who has been able to sort of socially become more understanding, that kind of became my version of the serum of of really, you know, getting to understand and integrate more and understand people more. And from there, I felt like I could use that to help people and, and, and embody those values in many of the same ways that Cap did for, um, for him, for wanting to take the power he now has and use it for good. It's why the, it's why, and, and I know you probably love this line too, it's why the line from Erskine about um, a strong man who has known power all his life may lose respect for that power uh, but a weak man knows the value of strength and knows compassion. I think right. that's why that connected with me so deeply and why I still tear up to this day whenever I hear that line is because it, it and, I, and I reference that line all the time to friends and to colleagues and people because it, it goes back to that again of I now have a power to make change, to do something, to help people. But I, but I always know that I'm still that kid and I want to do it for the right reasons at the end of the day. And because I, you know, hopefully wanted to help people and make a difference from the that, that me moving into the communities and me integrating more with people, I could still always look and say, I'm here to help these people. And it's always about using it to help, not using it to harm. And so that very specific parallel of not ha- of the humble beginnings of not having that power and then having it. And then knowing that you can use it for the right reasons because you know what it's like not to have it, that very specific arc and how that related with my disability is why I've connected so much. And of course, his values in general um, and the kind of, you know, as I said, the idealistic and the, 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 the goodness of his values, all of those things coincided. And I looked at him and I'm like, this isn't just me. This is what I want to be. And this is what I hope... I can be, be as a human being to people and I have a way to frame my own narrative now and create a narrative that makes sense to me and, and do something with it and do something that helps and gives people joy and gives people hope. And so that is what I've really latched onto myself as someone who has a similar uh, personality to what you were describing earlier with, you know, people who, you know, take things seriously and who expect a lot from people and, um, you know, there is that kindness that kind of is there. 
Um, I connect with that a lot. And so I wanted to give the little bit of the rest of that background, because in a way I see myself a lot as trying to be hopefully like, like, uh, like Steve Rogers. And it doesn't mean I, you know, <laughs> we all, you know, make our mistakes in that and we can't ever 100% live up to our values, but goodness, we try. Yeah. And, and that is one of my favorite things about Captain America, that if it hits you just right, and if the story is meaningful to you, he inspires you to be the best of yourself. Absolutely. And as I said, I think it's why so many people connect with him is because they've had that experience and because his story is so humble and relatable to people. And because even, um, and, and this is not to dig on the comics at all, because I'm not as familiar with the comics, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's weird how there are some people who will look at Captain America in the comic, comics and see him very much as this stalwart kind of Boy Scout. And he does have a lot of that in the MCU as well. But I think especially the movie version, there's from the writing and Chris Evans' performance that I think just makes it to where people can see it as more believable than who is this idealistic, this selfless, this altruistic and kind can exist in a world where we are in a culture that especially now is incredibly cynical and dark and disillusioned by <laughs> honestly everything. Oh, um, everything. For sure. Yeah. So I think that's a really that's a that's a big point that I sort of think about there. And 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 so uh, that's the first uh, stone. Uh, that's the first bird killed with the stone um, not by the not by the infinity stone, just a normal rock. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, but the but you were mentioning earlier, uh, I do have I do have cap shield and and um, the story goes for that. if You don't mind. Um, of course. <laughs> Is that um? So I was um, and I don't know how much you know about the prop shields and how much you've done your research because you have the costume. Um, that these these shields can be pretty expensive. Um, and it's yeah, hard to get. I've got, you know, I've got the plastic. You know, it's it looks good. It's a Legend series plastic shield, uh, hard put, and it's like one hundred and fifteen dollars. It's yeah, it's not and cheap, and it's not metal. Yeah, and so usually the metal shields will go like like three or 400 and and of course like if you want to get like an actual like there i think there was a run of of prop there was a there there was a run i think called uh marvel uh masterworks which basically was the was the prop makers uh from the marvel studio hey we're gonna basically make a version of the of the prop for captain america and we're gonna have only make like 50 of them and because you know they only made 50 of them and they're made by the exact people who made them in the movies they're like worth thousands of dollars and so Mm. it's like you know i'm not gonna spend that but i go on ebay one day and i find this beautiful prop replica that is about uh, maybe a little bit more expensive than the normal legend shields it's metal it's the whole thing it looks gorgeous and so i uh, i talked to my family and i and it, it was my 20th birthday coming up this was back in 2018 mm-hmm. um and i is right before infinity war came out and so i joke with my family in february of that year i send them this link and i completely sarcastically because they know <laughs> i have a sarcastic sense of humor say you should totally get this for me for my 20th birthday but i made it very clear that i was joking and <laughs> that like i didn't was not expecting them to pay money for a metal frisbee um <laughs> and and uh and so they uh and so um 
a few days before Infinity War comes out, they come up for my birthday, we have dinner, the whole nine yards, and by the end of the night, they give me a little slip of paper in the restaurant, it's a little eBay note, and I'm like, what is this? And they're like, you don't know what this is? And I'm like, no, I, I, I don't know what this is. <laughs> like, and so they're like, come to the back of the car. And so we go to the back of the car, they pull up the tailgate, and they pull up these these covers, these like little like comforters, these super soft comforters. Mm-hmm. And there's just sitting this gorgeous, beautiful shield in the back of the car. I hold it. And also, fun fact, I did a little, not to get too much into the weeds with this, but I love this other part of the story. Um, I did some math and, and this shield is a little bit smaller than the one that Chris Evans has in the movies. Uh, cause they're, those props are what 24, 26 inches and mine's mm-hmm. 22 and a half, but I'm also not six foot one Chris Evans. I'm five foot eight. Oh and, yeah. Okay. And so I did the math after I got the shield and it turns out the shield is perfectly proportional to my height. Um, spectacular. Which I then cried about that because I was like, it's like it's made for me. Oh, oh I'd be God. crying, man. I'd and be so, crying. And so all that being said, I'm holding this shield, this, this shiny, lovely thing. And I just start sobbing as I'm holding it. That's and my brother. Yeah. And my brother looks at me and says, stop fake crying. And I look over to him and excuse, and excuse my French, but I say, I'm not fake crying, you asshole. Um, (laughs) It was was absolutely hilarious. But I, and, and so ever since I, I have it, I'm actually sitting in my living room right now, looking right at it because it's right, right at the centerpiece of the living room. And, and so, um, yeah, I do have it, and anyone who knows me has it. I have a whole gallery with uh, – I have a gallery on my phone called Friends with the Shield, and it's just pictures of friends holding the shield. Oh, yeah, and, we've discussed that that someday I'm going to come up there. <laughs> oh, my God, yes, absolutely. And you, I will take have, a picture with that shield. Oh, my God, no. Like, and, and, um, and you, like, and, and you, like, carry yourself really well with the, with, the, with the pictures I've seen with you in the plastic shield. You carry yourself really nice. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah. Uh, so no, it would be it would be obviously to to have you here and have you see the shield. And of course, I feel like you're, you'll have a bit of a I think you more than anyone else will have a bit of a freak out moment of like, oh, my God, I'm holding a metal shield in my hand. What oh, the heck I'm sure I'm sure there will be tears. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, no, I I still hold it and get tears. I still hold it and get tears, even though I've had it for uh, almost uh, for over three years now, almost four so um but anyway so all that being said that's that's kind of our own personal relationships to to this character and and to um to all of this and i think uh kind of going back to this i think this is just a character and a and a a, um uh for life not to get too dramatic but a man that we connect with very deeply in terms of his story in terms of what you know he's trying to say about all, all the things that he's done in the films that he's had and the sort of arc of stories that he's gone through um and and in a way i think you know pretty lucky that in the mcu which you know i've watched all the movies multiple times the mcu has had its ups and downs in places for sure um and that and that isn't to slouch on any of their characters and stuff though i will say slightly off topic not if i'm going to bring a controversial opinion to the point as well because i thought you i I thought i might balance it out (laughs) the 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 hulk movie with edward norton needs to get more attention it really does. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. it just gets 
it gets raked over the coals and it's very underwhelming to people. And I'm like, this is actually really interesting. And I don't, it's, it is, it is great. And as much as I love Ruffalo and I think they go, especially in Endgame, they end Hulk's story in the, not that obviously Hulk's still alive, but at least in terms of this part of his story in Endgame, I think they do a good job of pulling back uh, from even 08 with, with, with the incredible Hulk. But as much as I love Ruffalo, God, Edward Norton did such a good job in that film. And I think the writing and stuff and the, you know, how subtle and and visual driven versus dialogue driven the film is, is just very well done. And I think it just, it's so, it's so enjoyable and entertaining and it's so easy to find entertaining um, while also not, and, and also finding it be a story that, you know, you care about this guy and what's happening to him. And um, I just think it needs more attention and it just doesn't because it's like, oh, you know, we have Ruffalo now and everyone loves Ruffalo. And I'm like, yeah, I like Ruffalo. But I also think Edward Norton did a really great job with his Bruce Banner and Hulk. And I think he should have gotten more of a shot. But I get yeah, it's sad that it kind of gets brushed to the side. Some people aren't sure if it's canon, which is ridiculous. Oh, um, me, I absolutely, I, I, I will see it as canon until the day I die. It's, so. it's unquestionably canon, especially since they, I mean, it was always canon because they had Downey in it, but then they've also brought back Ross several times. Yeah, it's, yeah, they brought that. It's part of the story. He just, the Hulk just looks different. <clears throat> Absolutely. And so there's that, there's that whole thing. But anyway, back on, back on the topic, I just want to bring that, throw that out into the ether. But yeah. anyway, um, but I think, uh, you know, just, you know, MCU's had its ups and downs, but I think Cap is incredibly and his stories i think have overall been the most consistently good in the mcu and that when uh in my personal opinion of course and people can debate about iron man and his his stories and everything but i think even with pretty much every movie the cap has been in his part of his arc has always been really consistent and consistently good and he's done things that have made uh just made sense for his character though i will be interested to hear as we get through what you think about endgame what you think about like because some people have this criticism of endgame of what he did at the end is out of character it doesn't make sense nah, for him. Nah, I would, it's, it's perfect i would argue that it's perfect i would perfect. Um, and and we can talk about that a little bit more later but i i think i think what happened was was really you know i think it was really thoughtful and really interesting way of closing his story out and and um and so I think because of that, even with that, I think um I think his story has been so consistent and I think uh it's connected, as I said, with so many people because the people behind it have always had such reverence for this character and what he's about and have wanted to bring him into the modern day to see if he sinks or swims. And I think he swims really nicely, even in the modern day for the most part, though not without his own struggles, but I think it's that struggle um not struggles with the narrative itself but the struggles as a character that that he has with being in the modern day and i think they portray that stuff so well that i think it becomes deeply compelling for uh for him and for his story and i think it's what connects so many people um with him and the things that he is going through as a character yeah which um which captain which of the three is your favorite movie (laughs) wow that is a that is a hard question. And I, <laughs> I, and I know it's the point. It's the point of it. But um, if I had to pick, that's hard because I think, and I think you can attest to this, I love all three of them for all different reasons. Of course. Uh, so I would say, 
this is gonna be interesting. Um, I, I just to go through line by go through line by line on each of them. Um, first Avenger, I ha- ha- will always have a special place in my heart because of, of course, being the background of this character. You getting a sense of this guy, of his arc, of how much you get it. You understand where coming from, why he is this ideology that he has. Um, and getting to see him flourish in the in the forties, and getting to really be the person that he is, and getting to you know have that very uh, classic kind of serialized origin story of this character, but still having a very human presence, um, who has this you know complexity of 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 you know of these moral questions and these quandaries that maybe aren't going to be talked you know you know are you know hinted at in First Avenger, but aren't really going to be paid off until later. Um, and so you get this very very good, you know, very hopeful story in that, despite it ending in a kind of sad place with him being, you know, frozen in ice and having to live in the modern day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think is, you know, the most, I don't want to say the most hopeful of the three, because uh, I think in some ways Winter Soldier actually is, but I think that uh, the 1940s tinge, I think the period piece stuff and the way that you see him in that environment and see the building of the story, I always think and go back to that a lot. So yeah, I'll tell you right now that for all of those reasons, that one's my favorite. And that's very fair. And honestly, uh, in a lot of ways, it is it is one of my favorites, too. Um, and uh, I really like the arc that he goes on in that. And I love how it does set up that character. Um Winter Soldier for me, I love because I think it is going back to this whole idea, as I mentioned at the beginning about Captain America's relevance in a very modern, cynical, very divided world. And and to be perfectly honest, I don't want to go on this much of a tangent um, and not to get too much into the politics of the day, but I want to set this up because I think this is really important for talking about Winter Soldier specifically. I think that I get frustrated and this may be more of a personal thing uh not with not with you specifically uh, not with you of course just in general with the world's just personal thing about me it gets very frustrating when people talk about division and unity in this country because it feels like people talk about what those things are and that we need to be unified and cooperate with each other without understanding what that really means and without really embodying those values. And so when you get to people who talk about things like listening to both sides or talk about middle grounds or building bridges, and then and then those phrases are co-opted by people who really end up at the end of the day aren't really consistent with their actions and their values it gets very frustrating because then i don't want to be the person who says oh it's uh um that oh we should unite and work together because then are people going to be like oh is he just is he being hypocritical is he just saying that and i'm like no 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 i really do believe that and and i and i hope that my values are consistent with that and I bring that up because I think that that is that kind of world and the difficulty and uncertainty is the backdrop that Winter Soldier is is up against, where it is talking about a, you know, obviously this is a heightened world where the division comes not from the nature of man or other political events, but comes from Hydra, um, which is a really good kind of what if science fiction uh, story for this character. Yeah. and. Uh, but but the backdrop, and I hope all that makes sense. I hope I didn't go too much on a tangent there. No, um, but um, but I think that that is important because I think that is him looking at a very post 9-11 world where there is a lot of mistrust in government, in people, 
in just the uncertainty of what happens when you're walking across the street and, and what could happen to you and not knowing if you need to protect yourself and push people away or if you need to go and you know, put yourself on the line to help someone else or be, you know, someone who, you know, helps a fellow neighbor, which is very much the mindset that Cap has because of him being in the 40s, which obviously isn't the cleanest and most innocent time. But I think especially right now is a is a, obviously a very different, very, much less globalized, more black and white kind of world, seemingly at least, at least from Steve's perspective, than the modern day where it feels like nobody has allegiances, everybody's turning on each other. There's a lot of senses of, you know, people just having that mistrust in, in even just basic people. And and so him having to have, you know, wrestle with that uncertainty, but then ultimately really keeping to those values and making the decision to say, we're going to build something different and build something better, but we're not going to do it by forcing the world into it or hurting innocent people to do it. We're going to do it by hurting the people, uh, not hurting the people who, um, who create that system, but making sure that we're holding those people responsible and we're taking that down. I think that's just a very powerful message. I think it is him really proving that this optimism can stick in the modern day. And I think in that way, I think his message uh, becomes that much more potent and that much more powerful um, in that. And I think in that way, Winter Soldier, I think, really builds so nicely on um, what the themes of what uh, First Avenger brought to it. Um, and so in some ways, that also is part, one of my favorites as well. Um, and then Civil War, of course, really takes that full force where you get to see the sort of darker side of this character. You get to see kind of not him getting corrupt, but you can see the sort of difficulties of his still and really see some of the stuff that this character laid bare. And you see him as almost, I don't want to say more human. I think he's always been very human in the stories, but you see his very, as I said, very naked, bare kind of upset self in this in, in Civil War than you see in pretty much anything else, um, bar maybe Infinity War um, and Endgame. But you see him kind of being very stubborn and not knowing what to do and him kind of really hanging on to these very personal aspects of himself. And I think that is why um, in that sense, it also is really great too. Um, and, and, and I also have to admit, I saw Winter Soldier in the theater and that was what made me fall in love with the character. And then Civil War was just the add on to that. And of course that was my first movie really, you know, diving into the MCU in the background that I then got to Civil War and really, you know, appreciated that. So I have reasons for all three that I love them. And, <laughs> and I, I wanted to bring that up and bring that all to the fore to let you know. Uh, and it's hard for me to choose. I would say I'll, I'll, I'll give this category. The one that is probably closest to really embodying my own values is First Avenger because it's so fundamental to that character. Like you said, right. you have Winter Soldier, which is the one that really into it that made me fall in love with the character in the first place. And then I, of course, got more to First Avenger and got that background. And then you have Civil War, uh, which which then also is part of that as well. I would say for the tightest narrative, I would say Winter Soldier for sure. Winter Soldier probably is just as a narrative so well told and has so much going on. And it's just so, I'm trying to think how to put this. Um, it's the first time in the whole podcast and I'm pausing trying to think through my thoughts. <laughs> because I'm like, Okay, I kind of have already everything really 
uh, worked through and really talked through this a lot before in, you know, before this. Um, but for, yeah, but for a winter soldier, I think it's just such a tight, well-told narrative and there aren't really that many hiccups in characters. You know, it is a, it is, it, you know, it is kind of an ensemble piece to some degree, but it's all kind of in service of Steve as a central character. And so I think there's a really, really good balance that's done there. Um, but I would have to say with just enjoyment value with, you know, regardless of, you know, even the arcs, the characters, as much as obviously those are super important, just in terms of what I enjoyed and in terms of what became really interesting and what personally hit me, if I had to really pick and it was really about which one to pick of like, if I were to go back to one of the movies right now and go back to them, it would probably be civil war. Um, which is, which once again, it's very much a toss up. It's just neck and neck <laughs> with all three. But oh yeah, no, it. it's not an easy choice for me. My my decision, like everything you said, is spot on. And then my decision to to go with the first Avenger is pretty much exclusively about because it had the moment that I decided he was me in it. Yeah, and also on a on a slightly more uh, uh, nitpicky note. I love it. Henry Jackman, the uh, composer for Oh no, yeah, uh, for Winter Soldier and Civil War. But I like Alan Silvestri a little bit more, and the theme from the original Captain America. Da, 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 da. It's, yep, of course. It's and just, very, it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and the director of that movie um, is also familiar with uh, Joe Johnston. He's very familiar with period pieces as well because he's done yes. things like the, the period piece things. aspect yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, he's done The Rocketeer, and I think Alan Silvestri is perfect for that kind of very classic 1940s kind of score. Um, and I and and it's it's weird because I will go back to that theme, uh, but I will say I go a lot back to uh, Captain America's theme in The Winter Soldier because it's sort of a modern update. But there's just this very um, there's a it's funny. Yeah. If you actually little nit, not nitpicky note, but also on a nitpicky note is what you said. Um, if you look at the the actual soundtrack that's used in the movie in terms of the mm -hmm. theme, and if you actually look at the soundtrack itself, uh, the theme is actually a little bit more extended on the Winter Soldier soundtrack. That isn't. Yeah, it's a long. Piece. It's a long piece. It's like a nine yeah, minute it track. It's, yeah, it's a nine minute track, and the. And it kind of at around what, you know, as it goes through after about maybe uh, four, you know, after about six or seven minutes, the last couple of uh, last two or three minutes of it aren't really used. It actually, the parts of it get used in the scene. I remember very distinctly parts of that theme get used very, you know, used uh, in the what is it? How do, what is the term? It's used in the, when um, Black Widow is visiting, when Nat is visiting with the, with the Congress people after they've been like, you just destroyed our intelligence apparatus. You just did this whole thing to yeah. the government. We could arrest you right now. That gets used. But then that theme kind of starts to fade out a little bit as then you move to the scene where um, Fury, Nat and, and Steve are all visiting Fury's uh, grave. And, and so, and so, but the, but the um, version on the soundtrack, I listen to a lot because it kind of does continue to build and do a lot of really nice things from a, from a uh, orchestral standpoint. And that theme absolutely hits me too in its own way. Um, and so, you know, it isn't as classic in the same way as the very orchestral, very 40 sounding Captain America theme that Sylvester composed, but I also think he does a really good job with that too. But yeah. of course, 
but that makes total sense though. Um, and Sylvester is just a perfect fit for that score. Just the triumphant uh, nodes of it versus some of the darker, heavier stuff that Jackman brings into his scores uh, for the, for those movies. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point there. And of course that just, that makes a lot of sense. And, and all the themes are really killer, but I definitely get your connection with the Sylvester score for sure. Yeah, every th- I I adore Alan Sylvester. Everything he writes has a way of, uh, it has a warmth to it. Is is the best way I think I can put it. Oh, I actually I really appreciate the way you put that because I do when I'm thinking because I'm I'm thinking about the themes as you're talking about it, and I definitely agree with that. There is kind yeah, of a warmness to when I think of like Captain America, and then I think of Back to the Future, Night at the yes. Museum, Forrest Gump. Uh, I keep coming back to the word warmth and and there's a there's a sincerity to it that it just, yeah it makes me real happy exactly there is a real happiness to it for sure and i i agree with that very completely um especially as i said with captain america's theme how very 40s it does sound yes. it does it's it does it sounds like something that would make sense in that time period which also once again is a testament to how well the movie fits in as a period piece and is kind of in this heightened world but is absolutely something you can imagine being in the 1940s despite all the technology and the lasers and the cosmic cube and everything yeah when the red skull first walks into the church you hear a set of chords that feels like it was lifted directly from a 40s noir film when the villain yes it's right oh yeah it's very it's very 1940s like serial-esque just very you know this very foreboding kind of score very classic you know evil villain who just yeah who kind of has an ideology and you know why but also just this very like you know, just evil incarnate kind of guy. Yeah. Just someone who just will step on others and not care because it's all about his own lust for power, which of course makes him the perfect antithesis to Captain America. He, if this really- guy is so evil that the Nazis aren't intense enough for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Where it's like, it's like, oh, you know, not, it's like Nazis and then Red Skull. It's like, oh, it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's insane. Because I think uh, he even says that at some point. Not exactly that, but he's like, yeah, Hitler's dealing with petty squabbles and yeah, exactly. And figure, and it's like, like, oh man, this guy's real bad. Yeah, this yeah, uh, and to quote uh, Erskine when Erskine is kind of going through uh, Red Skull's backstory, where he's like yeah. that um, Hitler used his fantasy, uh, used these fantasies to inspire his followers, but for Schmidt, uh, it wasn't fantasy. Um, and so I kind of tells you a little bit of you know, how much he, you know, how much he takes to that philosophy, but also how much of the extreme embodiment he is. And so and of also course, that the, uh, that the serum, you know, good becomes great and bad becomes, bad worse. becomes so worse, we're, exactly. we're told that he is literally inhumanly evil. He is, he's reached a level of bad that humans shouldn't be able to reach. And yet here with, we are yeah, with the serum. Yeah, absolutely. Already, and I, it, he already had that kind of heart for that. Just like for Steve, how he already has that heart that's uh, that's inside yeah. of 
And then just, you know, the serum gives, and really, I think part of that uh, is because it's about the power to exercise that where for Schmidt, he being who he is, he ha he doesn't have the same power to exercise his evil will. And so when he gets the serum, he's able to exercise that power far much more while and with Steve, it's the opposite where for him, he has the power, but that power never changes him because the heart was already there and it was already, already um wasn't just already there but it was there for the right reasons um yeah so but so yeah i absolutely um going back on the topic of the music though i i agree completely i think the atmosphere and the ambiance that gets created through that is absolutely wonderful and that makes a lot of sense there i think uh to kind of bring back as well to you know when i think about civil war i think the experience of just being with civil war and how much it balances its large cast and how it's able to balance the levity of the film so well. Oh, really? It's, truly? Yeah. It, it, it's, 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 the, it's the kind of movie that more so, because Winter Soldier definitely is a very entertaining film and it's, it's wonderfully atmospheric. It's haunting in moments. It's terrifying. And there is a lot of that in Civil War too. But there's also this really like there's also this comedy and this levity that works so nicely that in Civil War that I don't think is in Winter Soldier as much. And I think that's just due to the nature of all the different characters that come into Civil War. It's having Tony also kind of being a dual protagonist with Steve. Um, and so I think all of those balances make it to where like sit down and watch something that's just entertaining but also hits me in that way i'm gonna go to civil war first even though in terms of the impact of the stories first avenger and winter soldier are more personally impactful for me that is a perfect way to put it now yeah. i had originally been thinking foolishly that we were gonna talk about the captain america movies and then go on to uh to the show and looking forward to sam wilson but i am running out of time and i oh no no this is and amazing. i feel and i feel that sam wilson does not deserve to get shoehorned into the last five minutes of an episode he deserves oh, no. his own episode so oh, we're sure. so i'm thinking i title this like i don't know like the retrospective this is the captain america retrospective and dear listener we will do within the next few weeks if you're up to it uh, oh my god absolutely a, a looking forward on captain america uh, episode. Oh, that that will be very interesting to hear your opinions on that versus mine <laughs> yeah. because we. I'll say this: I think we might have diverging opinions on that. Ooh, okay, it. that'll be fun. That I don't know if fun. that'll be that'll either be two weeks, it'll either be one, two, or three weeks. I'm not sure yet. I really don't care. <laughs> I'll figure something out because this has been uh, this has been lovely, and uh, I love that. Like, I, I, I didn't want to go too much into all the different craziness here with with <laughs> all this, but there's like, there's so much here. There is so much here to talk about, and I could talk about, you know, cinematography. I could talk about, as you said, score. I can talk about other character stuff, but I feel like there's a lot to cover. But I feel like almost in just to, to sort of put a cap on this, no, uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> there's, there's this sense of like, it's so easy to talk about this character because it's so personal to us both. Yes. And so it's easy to tie and talk about the themes of what these stories are doing and why and how we feel about them because they're also personally tied to what we're, what we're talking about and why this character is so important and relevant. So 
Yeah, absolutely. And (laughs) and so, yeah, um, uh, dear listener, please do not miss the the sequel to this conversation where we get to talk more about Sam Wilson and Captain America going forward. I'm going to close with uh, the I'm going to go ahead and, and close with the Captain America quote from the Civil War comics, which hmm. is, it doesn't matter what the press says. It doesn't matter what the mobs or politicians say. It doesn't matter if the whole country tries to tell you something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all others, that we stand up for what we believe. So when the mobs and the press and the whole world tells you to move, it is your job to plant yourself like a tree by the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, no, you, you spectacular. Um, I absolutely love that quote. I do too. <laughs> it's incredible. You also, uh, going back to what I said at the beginning, you very much have the cap voice. So <laughs> I, I believe every word there. Yeah, I try. I try to put it on extra there at the at the end. Just a little bit, just to kind of really like take that in exactly. Uh, so yeah, Thomas, thank you so much for for joining me on this episode, uh, listener. Thank you for for being here with us. I hope you stuck it out to the end. I know this is a long episode, and we'll be well, back. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for having <laughs> me. I can't wait to be on again. And thank you, listener, as well, for dealing with my own ramblings. So, oh, and Thomas, um, do you have? Uh, do you want to plug your social medias for people to find you? Um, I just or, have. Or are you better off being left alone? Uh, in this case, better off being left alone. But that's not <laughs> any offense to the listener. I don't really have. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't really have that much social media stuff to begin with as much. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just. I at the end of the day, I'm just happy to be here and to <laughs> and to share and to you know take a lot of this in because these as i said this is really really entertaining and really lovely to get to talk through and work through a lot of these uh, a lot of these ideas and stories and characters and that's why we do it and Absolutely. you can all find us at fandom optimists on twitter the account is nothing but good vibes and twitter polls in the world of fandom uh yeah until next time never apologize for loving your fandom and try mm-hmm. to stay optimistic guys we'll talk to you later talk to you soon everybody